Thank you indeed, Matt. Thank you for the welcome. And yes, I do hail from Driver. Don't know what you've heard about Driver, but it's a fantastic place to live. Um, and those of you who also live there, you know, represent. Um, yeah, I also play the bass guitar this morning. Um, I also lead and sing here occasionally. Um, I'm also a husband and I'm a dad. Um, I'm a stay-at-home dad at the moment, actually. I have the beautiful job of looking after my children during the week. I have other interests as well. I've got, I like woodwork and I like working, you know, making furniture and going for long walks on the beach, <laughs> looking at the sunsets and, you know, you know, having time to myself. Uh, <laughs> you know, but I also have other interests as well. I, I wonder if anyone here, you know, follows the AFL. Does anyone follow the AFL? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm really sorry, but I, I don't even know who's, who's on top of the ladder at the moment. Who is on top of the ladder? Is it even AFL season? Uh, uh, I'm, not, I'm not trying to diss your interest in AFL. I just, that's, not my, that's not my game. NRL, on the other hand, you know. What about the State of Origin? Who won the State of Origin? I, I didn't actually watch it. Oh, Queensland. If I had to pick of one of the two teams, it would have been Queensland or Tasmania. Um, no, I'm really sorry. I like the state of origin, but again, it's not really my game. Um, my game is the game of long-distance running. Oh, yes. And particularly, I want to tell you about an event that I was watching called the Western States 100 Endurance Run. Put your hands up if you follow the Western States 100 Endurance Run. <laughs> Nobody. Oh, my goodness. That's okay because people who are interested in long-distance running are complete nutcases, I must say. And I can say that because I am one. I am one of them. But uh, let me just give you a, little, a brief overview of what the Western States 100 Endurance Run is. Okay, this is straight from their website. The Western States 100-mile Endurance Run is the world's oldest 100-mile foot race. The run starts in Olympic Valley, California, near the site of the 1960 Winter Olympics, and ends 100.2 miles later in Auburn, California. In the decades since its inception, the uh, 1974 Western States has come to represent one of the ultimate endurance tests in the world. If that doesn't get your blood boiling in excitement, I don't know, I don't know what does. All right? Okay, but 100 miles, that... That sounds like a long way, but how long is it, right? It's, it's roughly 161 kilometres. Okay, that's for, for, for the blokes here and, you know, some of the ladies too, you might be interested to know. It's from here, Cornerstone, to Bunnings and back about 16 times. Okay, it's a very, very long way. Hi, Grace, how you doing? Not only is it 161 kilometres by foot... It includes a total ascent of 5,500 metres up. So that's ascending. And 7,000 7, metres down. It ain't a flat race. Okay? The winner of this year ran with a total time of 15 hours, 13 minutes and 48 seconds going flat stick by foot. 383 people started the race, only 305 finished, with 
200 of those people taking more than 24 hours to complete. Okay? It's a long way, it's a lot of work, and that race is considered a fast race in terms of 100-mile distance. One famous ultra runner said, if you can, uh, you run the race if you can. You walk if you need to. You crawl if you have to. Just keep moving forward. Just keep moving forward. And so this test of in human endurance, pushing yourself to the limit, I'm not even going to mention the 240-mile races that exist. They're just, anyway. Pushing yourself to the limit physically really intrigues me because sometimes I don't even want to get up in the morning, right? And I bet some of you are the same. We drive our cars to the shops and back because it's quicker, it's easier. I don't want to walk the 4Ks to the shops. But I thought, man, if these people can do it, they're just human, maybe I can, you know, do something similar. Anyway, so I decided to put my, my endurance to the test. I could run a bit, I could run like a good 10K or something like that already, but I decided to sign up for a race, a 50-kilometre race. All right, so that's, that's more than a marathon. It's called an ultra-marathon that only included 1,200 metres of ascent, you know, up a mountain, all right? So I signed up for the race. Never run a marathon before, only run about 10Ks. I signed up for the race. I had a plan, and I followed the plan, but... I had something special on my side, right? I had God on my side. With special verses like this, let me share. Hebrews 12, 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. I felt as I was training for this 50-kilometre race, I was running my race. Or how about this one, you know, 2 Timothy 4.7. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. I thought finishing the race was fighting the good fight. But this is my favourite one. And, and this one will be up on the screen. Isaiah 40.31. But those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. What a good verse as a runner to have running through your head. Okay, so the day come. This this was a race in Victoria. Done all my training, most of it anyway. Uh, I woke up early. I didn't miss the bus to the start line. I remembered to pack all my energy gels, my water bottles and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Had the right socks on. I looked the part. You know, I'd done the whole... I I did everything I possibly could to get ready for this 50-kilometre race. And the, you know, the gun went off and we ran. And the whole time I was running, they will run and not grow weary. They will run and not grow weary. They will run and not grow weary. And I said that as I collapsed at the 32-kilometre mark. <laughs> uh, there was an aid station there. There were people to help. It's okay. And so I was like, what the heck? What happens? You know, they will run and not grow weary. God, it says there. You know, I will soar on the wings like eagles. I'll just fly to the finish line. But I, I, I missed the first part, right? The first part says, those who wait on the Lord. How, oh, wait a minute. How can I run 
while I'm waiting. You know, I can't do that at the same time. So this, this verse, even before the run, this has perplexed me. Anyway, so perhaps the verse we're talking about here, Isaiah 40, 31, perhaps it's not actually about running, like as in moving your feet. It is an encouraging verse, but uh, I feel like we miss the whole picture of this verse and many verses like it if we don't look at the context of the verse and the language of it. So let's briefly look at the context. You know, okay. Isaiah, the, the, the man who was speaking these words, his words that are written in the Bible, in the book of Isaiah, in the Old Testament, he's a prophet of God. And he ministered to the people of Israel and Judah, who at the time were, you know, they were ruled by different kings. Um, and leading up to Isaiah's ministry, the last 18 or so kings of Israel were terrible. And they didn't follow God at all. You know, these were supposed to be God's chosen people, the people of Israel. But they weren't following him. And the last 18 kings hadn't either. So that's generations of people not following God. Same with Judah, the last 11 or so kings. You know, there were some good ones in there, but most of them pretty terrible. Needless to say, you know, God's chosen people were not following the God who chose them. And so here comes Isaiah. Broadly speaking, the first 39 chapters of Isaiah talk about how God's people have strayed from God. There's, there's a bit in there about hope and about the coming of Jesus, but broadly speaking, it's about how the people have forgotten God. The ending of chapter 39 ends with their... Um, oh, what's that word? That's terrible their exile from their holy city, Jerusalem. They're sent away from their land, taken to a foreign place. People are killed. Their homes are destroyed. Then we come to chapter 40, where our verse for today comes in. It's all about hope and comfort. So, thinking about context, when Isaiah says... The Lord will renew their strength. He is speaking to a people who have been defeated, tossed out of their homeland. Some of their families being killed. They've been exiled. And now they're actually returning to their city of Jerusalem, the city that had been destroyed. This verse about hope and comfort comes to people who are dejected. He's talking to people who are feeling weak and lost. People who need a renewing of strength. He's talking to people who feel like they might not be able to go on. But there's this invitation from God, okay? But those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So there's the invitation. And all they have to do to accept it is wait. Wait. Oh, wait. Wait? Renewed strength and waiting 
soaring on wings like eagles and waiting, running and waiting, walking and waiting, they don't really go together. I don't know about you, but when I think about waiting, it conjures up pictures of standing in the line at the supermarket, waiting for the checkout person to finish talking to the customer, you know, looking over at the next line, wishing you were in that one instead of this one. Thank you, Teddy. Or waiting at the doctor's surgery for your number to be called, your name to be called out. Idly sitting there, wishing time would go faster. It is not very renewing at all, in my opinion. Thank you, Teddy. Thanks, mate. Perhaps it's waiting for the plane. You know where you're going. You know how to get there. You know that you want to be at the destination, but you have to wait for the plane to be ready. It is tedious and tiring, in my experience. Or perhaps it's more than that. Perhaps you feel dejected like the people of Israel felt. Perhaps your marriage is a mess. Okay? Perhaps you have no money and you don't know where your next meal is coming from. Perhaps you've had people in your life pass away. Perhaps you yourself are sick. You need a renewing of strength. Obviously, there's times in my life when I've needed a renewing of strength and God's asking me in this verse to wait. doesn't make sense. And so I've been racking my head around this verse for a long time and I thought, I bet there's more, more than meets the eye with this. I better look at the original text. Particularly the Hebrew language where this verse comes from. The Hebrew word for wait is kavah, Q-A-V-A-H. It should be up on the screen. There we go. Kavah, wait. Some translations say those who hope in the Lord, which makes a bit more sense because, you know, you're thinking about, you're hoping for, but it also seems a bit passive to me. And the word for hope is tikvah, kavah and tikvah. Tikvah actually finds its roots in the word kavah. So even when you read those who hope in the Lord, there's still an element of waiting. Those who hope, those who wait. Could it also be those who lie in wait or those who expect? These things are interchangeable. But there's another extra meaning that we actually don't read in the original verse that brings so much more sense to my head <laughs> when I read this. Okay. Kavar also means to bind to, to bind together. And tikvar means rope or cord or strands that are twisted together. Okay, so let's put this all together. Those who wait or hope on the Lord, those who kavar or tikvar on the Lord, those who bind together with the Lord will renew their strength. Now, I don't know about you, but that, in my mind, that already makes so much more sense. Those who bind together. I'm just going to jump back to our 
Western state story for a second. The most successful runners of these ultra marathons, these long distance endurance races, at about the halfway point, they have these things called paces. Come and help them out. Someone who helps them to keep pace. Again, taking from an ultra marathon website, pacing is the act of tailing a runner or sometimes running in front of them to help them stick to their race plan, to stay positive and to follow the marked trail. They'll also provide the runner with moral support, companionship and keep them motivated to make them to help them make it to the finish line. The most successful ultramarathon runners over the ridiculous distance of 100 miles bind themselves to a pacer and rely on them to get them over the finish line. Because history has told ultramarathon runners that after the 50-mile mark, their mind starts going a bit wonky. Some people even report to see hallucinations and, you know, roads made out of of street signs and bears coming to attack them when they're not actually there. So these ultramarathon runners bind themselves to a pacer, someone who ideally knows the course, someone who ideally knows the runner really well, knows what they need and when they need it, and the runner submits themselves to the pacer. Yeah. You might actually see where I'm going with this. Just like those runners, those people who run if they can, walk if they have, like need need to, crawl if they have to, those that find any way to keep moving forward, bind themselves to someone else to help them. And we are called to do the same. In this verse, there are many other verses like it, but I'm focusing on this one. We are called to bind ourselves to the Lord. We have the invitation that the Lord our God will renew our strength to make us soar on the wings of eagles, to run and not grow weary, to walk and not faint. And what do we need to do? We need to bind ourselves to the Lord. We need to wait and hope in him. And we know this is true because of the rets of the previous verses in Isaiah 40. So reading from Isaiah 40, verse 28. 28 says, Do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who wait, those who hope, those who bind themselves in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on the wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. We know that we can run and not grow weary we can walk and not faint because we are bound to the Lord who does not grow tired and we are bound to the Lord that is never, ever, ever weary. I don't know, thank you. I don't know about you, but that is something to hope in. 
So to me, it seems pretty clear. And I know that this verse, talking about running and walking and soaring on the wings of eagles, we're not actually going to soar on the wings of eagles. We're not actually going to run and, be, and not grow weak because, you know, I was proof of that. I failed at 32 kilometres out of 50. I was, I was proud of my effort, don't get me wrong, but I know, and I think you know, that this verse is actually not talking about running at all. It's talking about this race of life that we are in. This race of life that we have no choice but to be a part of. You may feel like you're actually soaring on the wings of eagles. You've got it all together. There's nothing going on in your life at the moment and that's great. Hallelujah. You may feel like you're running and that you can keep running for a bit longer. That's fantastic. Hallelujah. You may feel like you're walking at the moment and you're content just to keep walking. As long as you're walking forward in your race of life, moving forward, making progress, keeping relationships. Hallelujah. There are some people I know who feel like they cannot go on. Times in my life I have felt like I cannot go on. Times in my life where I felt like I want this race of life to be over. Jesus, please take me now. Maybe just shift the finish line a bit closer so I can already be done. I also wonder if sometimes we like the idea of being a Christian, walking in the steps of Jesus, loving those that are hard to love, doing God's work. We like the idea of being a Christian, but we find it hard to become a Christian. We will never, ever fully become our final transformed self until we meet Jesus. This race actually, while you're here on earth, this race does not end. Please don't see that as a terrifying thought. Please see that as an even stronger invitation to bind yourself to the one that doesn't grow weary during this you know, race of life. You need to bind yourself to God, rope yourself to God, the one that does not grow weary, the one that keeps moving forward. Only in him is your strength renewed. Only in him can you soar on the wings like eagles? It also doesn't say that you will find it easier to run or that the hurdles you overcome will disappear. It just says that you will have the energy to overcome them. And I believe you have, will have the patience to overcome them and the love to overcome them and the faith to overcome them the faith in our God to overcome these hurdles of life that we always come up against. All right, so it's easy to say, or, or actually maybe it's hard to say, just bind yourself to God. And how do we do that? How do we bind ourselves to the Lord? The first thing and the most important thing is you need to dedicate your life to God. 
You need to accept Jesus as your saviour and ask him to forgive your sins and that creates the covenant relationship between you and God that cannot come undone. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. There is an invitation and a promise in that verse. That those who believe in God, believe in the work of Jesus, in the sacrifice of his life for the forgiveness of your sins, you will have eternal life. If you expanded on that, I'm sure it would say you will have eternal life and the ability to run this race of life really well. It's different than the relationship that the Israelites had back in the days of Isaiah because God bound themselves to his people, bound himself to his people when they followed him. And when they decided to turn away, oftentimes God turned away. But here we have concrete, concrete proof that if we choose God today, now that Jesus has died on the cross for you, forgiveness of your sins, he will never, ever, ever leave us for a whole eternal eternity. He promises eternal life with him. So you accept Jesus in your life, and a lot of you have already. Maybe some of you today haven't. But that's how you bind yourself to God. Have the risen life of Jesus living in you, so you can be in right standing with Jesus, uh, with God, the forgiveness of your sins, a relationship that lasts forever. But I don't know about you, I, I actually don't want to live my life feeling like I can't go on and I'm just being sort of dragged along with this rope. <laughs> I, I would really love to just <coughs> walk side by side with my Lord, knowing that we are tied together, knowing that he will never ever leave me or forsake me, knowing that he will always give me the strength without feeling like I'm being dragged along like a stubborn mule. So that's when the next steps come in. First thing is you bind yourself to God through his son Jesus. The second thing is you read the word and you do what it says. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. The message actually translation says it really well for this example. By your words, I can see where I'm going. Your words throw a beam of light on my dark path. Much like these ultramarathoners who bind themselves to their paces who know the course well, they often have to run at night time and without these paces, in their delirious state, these ultra-marathon runners can get lost and it has happened before. But by following God's word, he throws a beam of light for exactly where you should go. You will never ever, ever get lost if you follow God's word and do what it says.
The next thing is that you need to pray and ask God for what you need. I'm sure God doesn't want to drag you along like a stubborn mule, wondering what you need. I know he's an all-powerful God, but he wants you to ask him for what you need. 1 John 5, 14 to 15 says, We are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. So if we're bound to God, reading his word, we do what it says, we ask for things that we need to keep running this race of life, whether it be finances or healing or security of your family, whatever it is, whatever hurdle you come across, ask God for what you need. God listens to our earnest prayers and gives us what we need at the right time to keep us in the race. We also then need to seek his will for our lives. Matthew 6:33 says, "Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need." Trust that God has your best interest at heart and ask him where he is leading you. He provides the strength you need to keep going. If you seek his will, it may not always, you may not always understand where he's leading you, but you know that he's taking you in the right direction. Again, times in my life where I've prayed for things to happen, certain plans to unfold, and they have not unfolded that way. Come and talk to me about it after, and I'll share them with you. But down the line, when I'm further down this race of life, I look back and go, God was leading me in the right path. So I encourage you to seek his will today. As you're praying to him, as you're asking him for what you need, as you're reading the word, as you bound your life to Christ, seek God's will for your life so that you may have the hope and the faith and the security that he is leading you in the right direction. So, four things that I've been thinking about and I'd really like you to think about today. Dedicate your life to Christ. And if you've done that already, good on you. If you haven't, you'll have an opportunity to do that in a minute. Read the word, do what it says. Ask God for what you need and seek his will for your life. This is how you bind yourself together in the Lord. This is how you run this race well. Our requirement to bind ourselves to the Lord I believe, needs to be strengthened over and over and over and over again. So this is not, these four things are not uh, tick, 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 done that this week. I believe it should become part of our being, part of every step that we take forward. Read the Word, ask God for help, seek His will, read the Word, 
ask God for help, seek his will. Read the word, ask God for help, seek his will. Read the word. Do you get the idea? That is not always easy to do. Easy to say, hard to do. So I also encourage you to surround yourselves with people who you can see are running the race well. Join a connect group. Talk with a friend who's been in church for a while. Look for Bible study resources online. Whatever it is, build a team around you to strengthen these things. Read the word. Ask Ask God for help. Seek his will. Build a community around yourself. And soon these things will just become a habit in your life. And you won't even think about the steps that you're taking forward. We need to be in a team that helps us. That encourages us. And we also need to be in a team that encourages other people. So, as I'm running my next race, which I will do some point in time, my next ultra marathon, these are the things I'll be saying, or those will be the things I'll be saying. I'll be saying, God, I love you. Thank you for being in my life. Thank you so much for forgiving my sins. Thank you for calling me to be with you in your family. And then I'll meditate on his word, all different words, not just one verse that has one reference about running. I'll ask God for what I need. I'll seek his will for my life. And whatever happens, I know I'm still bound to Christ. I'm still bound to the Lord. And so today, sitting here... It may be that you haven't even actually tied yourself to Christ. Or maybe you have and you'd like to renew that, that bond. You'd really like to cover yourself to Christ today, to the Lord. Perhaps you've been running this race of life lately and you feel like you can't go on. Strengthen those bonds with the Lord. Strengthen them. Have faith that he will see you through. And so if you'd like to tie your life to Christ, if you'd like to strengthen, if you'd like to recommit yourself to the Lord, if you'd like to cover yourself to God this morning, I'm going to pray. And I encourage you just to follow along in your head. And then afterwards, you can come and talk to me at the front. You can talk to someone you've come with about the prayer that you prayed, about tying yourself to the Lord. And that's all you need to do, except follow the next steps. (laughs) And if you feel like you can't go on, if you want to... If you want to tighten these bonds with Christ this morning, if you need encouragement, come down the front and I will pray with you. I have done it many times myself. And if 50 of you come down the front and need prayer, other people will come and pray for you too because we're all a family 
We're all a team. All right, let's pray. Father God, I want to thank you so much for your invitation that you will renew our strength, that you will set us on the wings like eagles and fly, that you will help us to run and not grow weary, that you will help us to walk and not grow faint, this race of life. Thank you too for the invitation to bind ourselves to you, Father God, to wait on you, to hope on you, Father God. Father God, I know that I have sinned in the past. I know that I am not complete without you. And I want to be bound to you, the one that does not grow tired, the one that does not grow weary, the one who can conquer all obstacles. And I accept the sacrifice of your son Jesus and what he's done to forgive my sins. Father God, help me to read the word and follow your commandments. Help me to pray and ask boldly for what I need and help me to seek your will for my life. Thank you again so much that you have promised to see me through to the end. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, church. We'll have another song. And then we'll have some time of fellowship. I encourage you to talk to each other about times that God has seen you through these obstacles of life. We can encourage each other. Come down for prayer if you need it. I'd love to pray with you. Thanks, crew.